1: Uh, as I told the earlier service, praise God, th- this morning, this message is entitled, Had Enough Yet. Had Enough Yet. I mean, 2020 was something. Okay? I mean, you had people dealing with this whole COVID stuff. Their kids in their house can't go to school. I mean, people, uh, businesses lost all kind of issues that went along, don't have to tell you, you're very familiar with all this stuff. And so there are many people now going into 2021 and I want to say hello to all the familiar faces I see. Some folks here, praise God. But some people are just like up to here. And there are some people up to here. Okay, amen. And so, uh, you know, I want to minister this about, have you had enough yet? Now, let's look at somebody in the word of God that went through some stuff. Anybody here ever been through some stuff? Let me show you somebody in the world that's been through some stuff, glory to God. Here in 2 Corinthians 11 chapter, the apostle Paul kind of recounts some of the stuff he went through. He said, the Jews five times received thy 40 stripes save one. So he said, on five different occasions, they tied me to a whipping post and they took a whip and they beat me with 39 stripes on five different occasions. Now, we read that But if it was you tied to a whipping post and they strip your back bare and then they took a whip to you on five different occasions this happened to you, I'd say I don't think none of us have been there yet. He said three times, uh, uh, he said three times I was beaten with rods or caning. Amen, there's countries in the world that still cane people, I've been to some of these places, where uh, they can take a cane and they can beat you within an inch of your life. Just leave you a little bit alive. And they don't have to hit you much. A lot. They're so expert with it. They know how to use it. He said three times this was done to me. He says, once I was stoned. He was actually stoned to death. That's found in Acts, 8, 14th chapter, 14, 19, 14, nineteen verse, I think it is. That Paul was stoned to death till he died. Talk about violence. When I was in middle school, they had a, uh, a play about this. Uh, I can still remember, I'm looking at it right now, in my mind's eye, I was about, what, 12 or whatever. Uh, and I can still remember, and of course, they just had stones that were Nerf balls, but they were painted like stones. So it made them look exactly like stones. And I can remember on that stage, they gathered around this guy, and they began to stone him, and it's still seared in my mind. I'm 65 years old. And it is, it is—it that's one of the most violent things I've ever seen in my life. This man was stoned to death. Can you imagine the pain of being hit by hundreds of people with rocks until they thought you were dead and he left? So he talked about this. Talk about going through something. Amen. We ain't been through something like that, I don't think. He said, three times I suffered shipwreck. He did eventually get up from there. Got raised from the dead, but three times I suffered shipwreck. You can read about one of those in Acts 27. I think it is where they were in a they had a you rock down storm. They're on the way to Rome, and they wind up onto a hurricane on the water. It was so bad that for almost three solid weeks they couldn't even see the sun. It was totally dark. the The whole thing was pitched up and down. You, you can imagine. It, Everybody's sick. Everybody's seasick. Everybody throwing up. Everybody, all the stuff that's going on. Uh, amen. The wind's blowing. The, the, they, and the scripture said they threw everything overboard and that all hope for being saved was lost. They all thought they were going to die out there. I've been, I've been out there. They wound up eventually on Malta. And uh, I preached at a church in Malta, great church, praise God. Uh, but they, they wound up there. And then when he got there on the shore, he got bit by a viper. Okay. So, I mean, just all kind of things happening to him. He he went through, he went through that. Then he goes on to say, he said, a night and day I've been in the deep. In other words, I was, one of those stories I was telling you about, the shipwreck he was on, the ship broke up. And so how they got saved, they they, they just got on top of whatever piece of wood they could with the ship that's broken and eventually got themselves to shore to being a night and a day in the deep. When you're out there, there are sharks and everything else out there. You don't know what happening hell. All this stuff I'm reading here is terrifying. All this stuff is serious business. He says, in journeys often, in other words, I'm, you know, I'm on the road a lot, and the road may seem to be glamorous to people who think, you know, road menaceous is glamorous. Well, I've been on the road for 40 years. Trust me, nothing glamorous about it. In okay. journeys offered in perils. The word perils means in danger. In danger in the waters. Oh, there's my train. I remember that train. It used to be right right in the middle of my message. There he is again. <laughs> Amen. Endangers in, in the waters. Endangers in in, by robbers. In danger of My own country people, my own people trying to kill me. Endangered by heathen. In danger, and when I'm in the city, in danger in the wilderness, in danger in the sea. I was in danger among false brethren and weariness. I was tired and painful in watchings, which means didn't get much sleep often, in hunger and thirst, in fasting often, in cold and nakedness. And you got to remember, see, with this, uh, this guy's out here. We have a, one of our churches is in Athens, Greece, and we have, we have a little work on Corinth, too, there, the real Corinth area. Uh, and if you go to Greece and you're going to see the terrain, this guy's walking, this guy's talking, okay, you, you will see that this is some tough stuff. So this guy's going by foot. He don't have a car. There's no grocery stores. There's no lights. There's no communications. There's no nothing. And he's out, and there's wild animals back then, They'll kill them all off over there now. But the wild animals had lions, all kind of stuff that's out here. And this guy's with a donkey by foot, and who knows how long it's going to take him to get from one place to another. Eventually, you run out of food, you run out of water, you run out of everything. This is kind of thing this is what he's going through. And at the same time, he is being chased by people from other cities trying to catch up to him to murder him in the wilderness. See, So he, he, he gives you all this background. Then he says, the very next verse, and he said, and beside all that stuff on the outside, all this stuff happened to me, there's something that comes at me every single day it's the care of all the churches the greek word for care is merimna. Marimna means the anxiety and the, the you know all the stuff the distractions of all the churches coming my way well i get this because i do the same thing paul does i'm not at his proficiency level but i do the same thing i plant churches and that's what he was doing and so praise god he's What's on your mind? Just like last week when you guys had all this ice storm and all that stuff happened, lost power. And from where I'm from, you know, that's so. <laughs> but, but down here, it's not a big deal, you know, when you had that kind of thing happen. Praise the Lord. And so I'm calling all the time. We have four churches we plant in this state. So I'll call all of them, okay, because every one of them had got hit. You know, I mean the areas, not the churches. But every one of them got hit, so I called them all, checked on them, you know, what's going on with the churches. The churches are on my mind that the Lord has had us to plant, wherever they might be. So I get this. And so, you know, you can have worry come your way, all this. Then look what Paul says next. He says, Who is weak? And I am not weak. Who is offended? And I burn not. Well, the Greek word offended is scandalizo. And scandalizo means, you know, somebody who stumbles and is tripped up and is, and is tempted to go back. He said, Who's offended? Not me. He said, I burn not. He said, I didn't get mad about all this stuff. He said, The God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. I lie not. So he said, Yeah, man, I was weak, a strong man. He said, Yeah, I went through everything and I didn't back up a bit. About all this stuff that happened. Now, how many of us could have said that with all this? Then he says, and not only that, in Damascus, the governor under Aratos, the king, kept the city of the Damascenes with a garrison, a huge squad of soldiers, not even a squad, a number of soldiers desiring to arrest me, put me in prison. And through a window in a basket, I was let down by the wall and escaped his hands. They couldn't get me. See, it's not profitable for me, doubtless, next, next chapter. It's not profitable proper for me then to glory. I will boast the vision and revelation of the Lord. So he's talking about, look, I'm going to put it in today's speech. What he said was, man, all this stuff happened to me, I was strong. I'm a man, I'm strong, brothers know what I'm talking about. I was strong. I went through all of this like it was nothing. He said, I could brag about it, and God knows I'm not he's in chapter 14, verse 1, he's going and saying, now, it's, it's, it don't really profit anybody for me to brag about how bad I am. Right. Then I get to save time, because I've had time. To, if I had time, you know, you know I teach about 75, 90 minutes. But, but, but if I had time, I'd cut you through what else he's saying. Amen. But, but he goes on and talks about, well, when I was in heaven, I had this vision. Okay, the Lord showed me oh, when I went to heaven, I saw X, Y, Z. Then we get to verse 7 is where I'm going to go. So in verse seven, he says this, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations that I received. Okay, my eyes were opened by the Holy Ghost. There was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. Now, first of all, he didn't say God sent the thorn in the flesh. And secondarily, he said Satan's the one who sent him. And Satan said he was the messenger. And that word is angelos in the Greek text. The New Testament is translated from the Greek. And it's found 188 times in Scripture, uh, New Testament, and 181 times is, that word is translated. Angel, seven times it's translated. The messenger is always in referring to an individual. So he said there was a demon spirit assigned to me to slap me and buffet me and strike me. Now, with all the stuff this guy's been through, he came to the place where he had enough. And then Paul says to God, he said, God, get this thing off me. He just had enough. You ever been there? Anybody ever been here? You just had enough? Let me see your hand. You ever had enough? Y'all too quiet for me? I used to pastor here. I used to have y'all say something to me. Come on, somebody. I may be staying six feet away from you, but y'all can still say something. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Well, man, I mean, look. He says, God, will you look, I don't, I don't done all this. I'm not lying. You know, I stood up through all this. I went through all this. I'm tired of this. He said, Why don't you handle this? God don't answer him. So he asked the Lord a second time. The Lord don't answer him. I've been there. Then the third time he asked the Lord, and the Lord answered him, the Lord says what? My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength made perfect in your weakness. Now that sounds religious, that sounds good, but it don't really mean a whole lot unless you really have a better understanding of what grace is. And most people don't have a good understanding of what grace is. Grace is a uh, religious catch-all word that people use for about everything. Well, with the grace of God, I wouldn't have fell down and hit my head. I mean, it just kind of gets used for everything. And when, and when you use a word like that, then its meaning becomes watered down to it really. Essentially not becomes much anything. It's just a term. Even the word. I mean, even the world uses the term. They don't know means but they heard us say it so, so they use the term you know, Well, somebody's grace I'm listening to people use, use that term inappropriately all the time and what they do is they, they tend to think that mercy and grace are the same and they use the two interchangeably now turn to Hebrews chapter 4 and I'm just going to take one verse but I could take all day and prove my point but I'm going to use one verse and help you get a better understanding of what grace is And why God said to what he said and why it was so powerful. And then Paul's response, because if you've ever been to a place where you have had it, praise God. Especially if you have been a Christian who have gone through stuff in the past. And God brought you through stuff in the past. But now you, you just, that's it. Look, look.
0: I did everything you asked
1: me to do. Now here's this new now, here in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, and again, in the context is talking about how Jesus has been where we have been, and he prays God, the high priest of, of, of our confession is the one that, that uh, handles our sin for us, verse 16. Let us, therefore, because of that, we know we don't start a conversation with let us. I don't have the time, but you go back and read it. Let us, therefore, come boldly. The Greek word for boldly is parousia. Chorosia means let us come frank. Let us come unashamed. Let us come march up here unabashed. Let us boldly to the throne of grace. Now, the Greek word for grace is charis. Then he said, come boldly to the throne of charis that we may obtain elos. This the word mercy. Different word. Charis, elos. Are different words. Ka- uh, Ellos means compassion. So he said, because in the previous verses actually about Jesus, the high priest, and all that, because Jesus has been where you've been, know what it likes to be a human being, praise God, was tempted in all points that the sin but didn't, you can come boldly to the throne. And the first thing God the Father is going to show you when you get to the throne of grace, he's going to show you compassion. Compassion is when you are guilty of a crime, but you are let loose and treated as though you are innocent even when you're guilty. So he said the first thing when you come to this throne is that God is going to treat you as everything is all right and keep reading, you will find at that throne of grace, find grace to help you. Now the Bible many times will tell you what the definition of a word is right there in the verse. So he said, come bold to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help you in your time of need. So now we know what one of the functions of grace is. Grace is power to assist you at a time that you need assistance right at that point. So that's one of the things that grace is. So it also tells us partially what grace is not. Grace is not, well, I can go sin all I want and grace is just cover it. No, that's some really bad teaching. Ooh, that's terrible. Are you listening to that? Ooh, that's terrible. That's dangerous stuff. Are you listening to me? The Bible says in Galatians, for example, but man's souls of the flesh, or the flesh reap corruption. So man's soul you should also reap. Yeah, you square that, you can do whatever you want, grace covers it. You got to throw that out. You got to throw out a whole bunch of verses about that. Come on, somebody. Now, where you should read the Bible yourself just listen to all these folks teach stuff, amen, that makes it easy on you. <laughs> yeah, come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So we've already seen then that grace then, parts of what grace does is that grace is assistance to help us at a particular time. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, let's run through a few more about this. Uh, If you turn to Acts chapter 20, verse 32, you will see that says the word of grace is able to build you up. And give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. And so the Bible, the word, is called the word of Chorus. It's the word of helping you. It's the word of assisting you when you need it. Praise God. Then when you take a look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 29, it gives you one of the New Testament names of God. People don't really realize that God has New Testament names. They know about the Old Testament names. You know Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Teskanu. praise God, Jehovah Shama, all the other Old Testament names of God. Amen. But there are New Testament God, names of God too. He's called the God of patience, the God of peace, praise God, the God of righteousness, names that he gives. And one of the names that he gives in here in Hebrews ten twenty nine is that the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Grace. He is the spirit of commerce. He is the spirit that will aid you, help you, provide sufficiency for you at a time that you need it. Oh, so now we've also learned something else. You got the throne of grace that's what God sits on. The word, praise the word of God, called the word of grace. The Holy Ghost, the one that Jesus sent us, the Comforter, to reveal unto you the Word, he's called the Spirit of Chorus. He's called the Spirit of grace. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now, then turn to Ephesians chapter 2. Can I get three hallelujahs this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So relax, I'm not going to teach 60 minutes or 75 or 90. I ain't going to do none of that, because y'all are not used to it no more. You're not used to me anymore, so I'm not going to do that. All right, come on. Hello, somebody. My oh, man, good to see you. Glory to God. All right. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read verse 8. You can also read it in verse 5, but I'm going to save time, skip it. Because it says the same thing. In Ephesians 2, 5, it says, for you are saved by... Tell me. You are saved. Now, the Greek word for saved is sozo. Sozo means you are healed, preserved or kept, made whole, made sound, praise God, made new, by grace. See? You are saved by grace, but then it says there's something that's connected to it. It's the word dia, through Pistis, name of my Bible school, faith, trust, your confidence, your belief, your assurance, praise God. So grace, in order for its power to be released to aid and to help and to develop, it is released through only faith being applied to it. That ain't true of mercy. Mercy can come your way, and you don't have no belief. But grace requires mercy, attention to it. Are you listening to me? Praise God, Hallelujah! What happened when you got saved? Anybody in here saved? Yes, All right, I heard one. Yes, sir. All right, there's somebody saying, "Yeah, I'm saved." Praise God. What happened when you got saved? Remember how you were born? You were born as a sinner. You had the nature of sin, nature of death. But something happened. You heard the word of God. You decided to receive the word. You decided to believe the word. Hallelujah. You, you began to say Jesus is the highest of all. He's the Lord, Kurios, highest authority of all. Amen? Amen. You made a step toward him as action. And what happened? 2 Corinthians 5.17 happened. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a what? New creature. The old things are passed away. Look, the fresh and new has come. In other words, he said, when you you decided to receive Jesus as Lord, it released grace power to make you a new creation. Killed the old you and recreated a new you, praise God. You are made in the image and likeness of God today. Hallelujah. (laughs) On the inside, praise God, you're a new creation in Christ Jesus and you are a person without a past. Past don't matter no more, glory to God. Hallelujah, Amen. amen. Well, guess what did that? Power did that. Power killed the old. Power recreated the new. What power was that? Grace power. And what grace power is that? Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost power recreated you. Now, turn to St. John chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I'm so grateful for the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm grateful for the grace of God. Amen. John chapter 1, of course, verse 1, you're familiar, beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and all things were made by him, without him was not anything made. Then it gets down to verse 14, praise God. The word, Jesus, that's who that was, the word was made flesh and dwelt with us, and we beheld his glory. His glory was of that of the only born of the Father. Now watch this. Full of grace and truth. Now Jesus defined truth for us in John seventeen seventeen. He said, thy word is truth. So Jesus was full of the word. But he was also full of, full of truth. The Greek word for full, praise God, is pleris. The word pleris means he was covered over with grace and praise God truth when was Jesus covered over with anything he was in the Jordan River John the Baptist went to baptize him right and John the Baptist said he said man you should be baptizing me I shouldn't be baptizing you I'm not worthy to tie your shoe Jesus said suffer be so amen and when he John baptized him and the Jordan river the heavens opened up and the Holy Spirit descended in uh, not as a dove but graceful like a dove the Holy Spirit the grace of God covered Jesus with the grace here's another work of grace it's the anointing I don't have time to go through it but read every one of Paul's letters and Paul will tell you, I am anointed to be an apostle by the Holy Ghost. In other words, Paul said, I can only do this job because God empowered me to do it. I'm the same way any other ministry. We can't do what God called us to do without the grace on us, praise God, without the anointing, Acts 10, 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with dunamis, with power. What dunamis, what power? Holy Ghost power, grace power. Who went about doing good healing, all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So Jesus had grace on him. God said to Paul, that grace is available unto you despite despite this new threat that's coming your way. He's letting you know, praise God, that grace is sufficient for you it is strength for you whenever you need it. But in order to get it, you're going to have to do something. What was it? Ephesians 2.8. You are going to have to believe again. Because what releases grace is faith. Now, faith has five elements attached to it. Praise God. Romans 10.17. So, In fact, I'll give you the five, then I'll tell you the verses. Praise God. Those five elements of faith are hearing, receiving, believing, speaking, acting. Amen. Romans 10, 17. So then faith came by hearing and hearing and hearing. James 1, Receive or take or accept. Receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. Believing, Romans 10, 9. Believe in your heart, God's raised from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Praise God speaking. He said you also did what? You acknowledge with your mouth Jesus as Lord, Romans 10, 9. Acting, you put action to it. Amen. You decided to believe it and you act on it, act like it's so. That's what you're doing today. Praise God. Those five elements. And so he said, so by hearing God's word, you received God's word. You decide to believe God's word praise God, hallelujah, you decide to then speak that word, Jesus is Lord, now you're living it out. Are you healed this way? Preserved this way? Made sound this way? Or anything, any release of the power of God, praise God, is this way, and then note what it says in 2.8, it's not of ourselves; it's the gift of God. Not at work. Any man should brag about it, like Paul was bragging about it. In other words, he said, "Praise God! No man can take credit for grace. No man can take credit for faith. No man can create, take credit for salvation. They're all gifts." Amen. God will never, never owe anybody anything. But God is so good; He's made all these three available unto you. He said, "Now I need you to believe that." I need you to receive that. I need you to talk like that. I need you to act like that because that's the way it is. And if you do it, my power will be released and you will have salvation in your money, salvation in your body, salvation in your family, whatever it is that you need, wisdom, favor, it's all available unto you, but you must operate by faith. That's why the just shall live by faith because only then can you have the grace Released. So see why it's so important to learn faith and hear it again and again and again and again because you want to have the things grace can provide you again and again and again. Can I get somebody to shout amen? Amen. Now that we have a little better understanding of what grace is, now let's go back and see what, what God said to Paul. So go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Oh, glory to his holy name. Anybody getting anything out of this? Yeah. Now, here in Second Corinthians chapter 12. So once again, see, this is a new threat that came to Paul. He talked about how he stood up to all the rest. Now, this new threat comes to Paul, and Paul says, that's it. God, you deal with this. So you handle this. God, he's... God didn't even speak to him. I ain't even talking to you. <laughs> God, come on. Oh, man, I don't been through all this stuff. I'm doing it for you. I didn't even, I was in that shipwreck because you had me, I, I was put in that prison. Now, I know you gave me an earthquake to get me out, but I didn't want to be there in the first place. I wanted to go somewhere else. God, now you handle this. No answer. Been there. I've been here too. <laughs> Amen. Finally, God says, my grace, boy, it's sufficient for you. Sufficient means enough. It means more than that. The actual Greek is, is, is that, it's like a huge barrier, right? My, my grace is sufficient for you for, keep reading, keep reading. For my strength, he calls the grace of God his strength. Now, the Greek word there is doing this. For my strength, his supernatural ability is made perfect or complete in your weakness, your lack of ability to handle this by yourself. Paul goes, yeah. It wasn't my strength that got me through the shipwreck and it wasn't my strength that took me through the stoning and it wasn't my strength that got me through tired, being tied to a post and beaten and it wasn't my strength that got me through all that stuff. What got me through it was the grace of God. And I forgot about that. If that grace can handle all of that, it can handle this stupid demon too. Sent to buffet me. That, that demon spirit not enough to deal with him. So note what he says. Oh, what they're most planning there for? Would I rather glory instead of bragging about myself and in my infirmities? No. But instead, I'm a glory. I'm gonna brag. Is what he's saying. I'm gonna brag on the grace of God, that the power. This word is dunamis again. That the power of Christos. The word Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ refers to what he is. He's anointed with grace power. Amen. It means he's the anointed one, and you're only the anointed one only if you have an anointing. Right? And so, so that the anointing may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure. The word take pleasure means I think right. So I think well in infirmities. I think, well, when I'm being reproached. I think, well, when it seems I have some lack. I think, well, when people are trying to take me down. I think, well, in any kind of distress, for the anointing's sake, now the word sake is the Greek word hooper, for the anointing to be over me. For when I am weak in myself, I am now strong and capable in the grace of God. Oh, thank God for the grace. I said, thank God for the grace. I'm teaching better than y'all saying anything. Bless the Lord. Thank you, somebody over there. Praise God. I'm not used to being in this building with people being quiet. I'm just not used to it. I have no intention of getting used to it. Now, can I take 10 minutes? Because I want to add on some more to this. So turn to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah is the book just before Malachi. Malachi is the last book in the Old Testament, right? So let's go to Zechariah. Praise God. These prophets people don't read very much of, and they don't know much about it, so they just kind of pass it by, right? Well, Zechariah, here, this book, Zechariah chapter 1. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 1. In the eighth year, in the second year of Darius, why do they say things, just kind of, since I got a couple extra minutes of this service, why did they always write in songs, king, the king of, didn't tell you the king? Because how they kept record and knowledge of what time frame we're talking about was based on who was king at the time. So if Darius was the king, then it tells you because they knew who was before Darius, they knew who was going to be after Darius, you know, so the writer, So this is Darius the king came the word of the Lord unto Zechariah. Praise God. He is the prophet saying the Lord have been sore displeased with your fathers. Again, because I'm only taking 10 minutes so I won't take the time to walk you through all that. But this is essentially what this is about. Israel has been in captivity for at least 70 years. Why? Because when God delivered them, took them out of bondage, get into the promised land, what do they do? God told them, he said, now don't intermingle with them people over there. He gave them instructions of what they were supposed to do with all these different people, okay, amen. They got over there, instead of getting rid of them or instead of separating from them, they intermingled with the world system, took upon themselves their customs, their gods, got in trouble with God, Amen. And so you gotta understand now, if you're gonna go crosswise to what God told you, you open the door for the enemy. And you open your door for negative judgment. And there's two kinds of judgments, though. Negative is not all judgment, not all negative, another issue. But but they open up the door for judgment. Bang. They wound up being captive, was it the will of God? Nope. But sin opened the door to it. Sin will open the door to negative stuff come your way. So open the door to it, and they came in, they got run over, became captive, and then God comes to him when you read chapter one, God tells him, he says, look, if you turn back to me now, turn to me, I'll turn back to you. He says, and if you turn back to me, this is what will happen. He said, if you turn back to me, I'm going to not only rebuild your cities. I'm going to make them prosper beyond your wildest dream. If you turn back to me, I'm going to cause you to be blessed in such ways. I'm going to bless your money. I'm going to bless your bodies. I'm going to bless your cities. I'm going to bless. I'm, gonna, if you, I'm talking about mercy. Right. Come on, somebody. I'm going to make it better than before you went in captivity. That's what he tells me. Right? So then we'll go over to chapter 4. Get over to chapter 4. He's going to talk about how the, the priest. The high priest was going to have to get his act together, okay? He's going to take off his filthy clothes and put on now fresh clothes, amen? So for him, so on, read it. Read it one day. Read it. You might want to go home and read it today, all right? You get over to chapter 4, and then he's going to talk about somebody named Zerubbabel. Who is Zerubbabel? Zerubbabel is the civic leader. We would say Zerubbabel is, is the governor of Texas. Without the wheelchair, right? Yeah. Amen. I'm believing God for Him to be totally healed. How about that? Praise God. I want to see Him walk again. Anyway, so this man, he's the civic leader. Okay, so he tell, he's going to read. When you read when you read this, I hope you go home and read this. You're going to read what God did to the children of Israel. He said, He's going to see what He required. Then His ministers to do get their acts back together. Amen. Then He's going to come down to the civic leaders. So he says here in chapter 4, verse 6, Then he answered and spake unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, Not by armies, the word might refers to not by your military strength, not by power, not by your own ability and privilege, but by my spirit, said the Lord of armies, Lord of hosts is armies, and who are y'all, old oh, mountain in front of Jerusalem? Oh, Zerubbabel? Who are you, mountain? Who are you that's in the way? Praise God. You shall become a plain. In other words, mountain you are about to get knocked down. I'm going to be a bulldozer and I'm going to flatten you out. I'm going to get you out of the way of Zerubbabel. Praise God, who's going to be running Jerusalem. I'm going to take care of that and he shall bring forth the headstone. What is a headstone? You go to a cemetery and there are headstones that mark where a grave is. He will be carrying that, that old stone and say, this is where we once was, but it's not where we are today. He is to shout to the great gravestone. Look at that word. He is, he is to shout to the gravestone, crying, grace. Grace. In other words, he's to say to that death marker, the grace of God, the favor of God's back, the favor of God's here, the power of God's available, hallelujah. It doesn't matter what kind of mountains in front, it's gonna be made a place when he opens his mouth. And when he says what's been given him, grace, grace. Somebody say grace. grace. Say it again, grace. grace. The grace of God's with you. The grace of God's around you. The grace of God's all over you. The grace of God's below you. You are surrounded by the power of the grace of God. If you give me five more minutes, I'll give you one more. I'll stop here after this one. But I could go all day. You do know this, right? But I'm going to stop here to one more, all right? Turn to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. So remember now, he said, you got to shout crying. Got to open your mouth again. You got to speak to that mouth. What did Jesus say in Mark 11, 23. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, say to this mountain, say to this mountain, say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, shall believe the things we say, to so come to pass, he'll have whatever he's said. Open your mouth, say, say what God said, instead of what you see. Instead of the headstone sign, you ain't seen nothing yet, shout grace to him. And he said it to the civic leader. The politician. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm going to leave that one alone right now. But, but ooh, I'm talking about that one. He's going to say that to the politician. Amen. Now, I told you, faith is five elements hearing, receiving, believing, speaking, acting. People ask me why. What do you mean receiving? Well, because you can reject it. You can hear the word, not receive it. See? So it's hearing, receiving, believing, speaking, action. Now, let's just isolate actions. Okay. What are things that are physical signs, if it's from the heart, of actions? Well, you're seeing the word that uh, dancing, Shouting. Singing, rejoicing, number of things, praise God. Even quietness can be an act of faith. When everything is, all the pressure is on you to open your mouth and start speaking unbelief, but you keep quiet instead, even that's an act of faith. Sometimes being quiet can be faith. Are you listening to me? See, all these things are so. So when you read 2 Chronicles chapter 20, and you see that there are three armies that come against. Okay, the uh, children of Israel, to do battle, three armies. Ammon, Moab, Mount Hir, or Mount Seir, come against them to do battle. Of course, the king goes, we can't have, no way we can fight these three armies. We don't have enough might to deal with that. So he calls the whole nation to prayer. Most of you know this story. He calls the whole nation to prayer, and there's a whole teaching right here. But he calls all of them together united prayer. See, ain't no blacks, whites, poor, rich. When they gonna kill all y'all? <laughs> like I said, I had some, wish I had some time. But if they gonna kill all of you? Everybody get together. They all got the unity and one accord on this matter. Uh, Amen. And then then the king spoke up and he said, now, then he began to remind God, God, you said, this is what's going to happen with us. You said, we're supposed to be blessed. You said. And then the prophet, the spirit of God came on the prophet of God, the spirit of grace, came on the prophet, young prophet. He said, don't be dismayed about reason of this great multitude. For the battle is not yours, but God. Now, if you were faced with, I mean, think about, I'm going to try and put this, suppose America was invaded by the Chinese and the Russians working together along with the Iranians and the North Koreans. They knocked out, they knocked out our utilities and power, landed troops on American soil, start killing everybody that can find. Like I said, everybody would forget about a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. We get our AR-15s and we be looking to defend our homes. Now, wouldn't we? Yes, right? So, sure enough, man, <laughs> I mean, this is this the deal. I mean, this would be serious. There'd be nothing else people be talking about. There'd be nothing else. Okay, the only thing be on their mind would be that. That's what you got. So when that prophet said, don't be dismayed, which means, means, you know, don't be upset, don't be downtrodden because of what's happening, he said, the battle's not yours, it's God's. That's when people would break out, yes, yes, already, God. But he wasn't done. He said, Now go down to them. You can find them at the cliff of this. Wait a minute, God. Wait, 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 wait. I thought you said this was your fight, not our fight. What you mean we gotta go down there? Faith hasn't requires number five. There's still something you gotta do. God gonna do his, and he told you what he's gonna do. But if you're going to release his power, what releases his power is your trust. So, when they heard that, what did it say? Y'all can read right there. When they heard that, they all bowed down to the ground and here's one of the signs of faith. They began to worship. Then it said, some of them stood up and they began to praise God loudly. Hebrew word over there, that praise was halal, which means they got clamorously foolish. They start rolling on the floor. They dancing. They screaming. They shouting. Why? Because they believed this deal, right? Finally, they got the children of core, the core and the children of the core heights. Okay, amen. And the king finally says, let's appoint some singers in front of them. We going down there first thing in the morning. And let's put some singers in front of them, show just what we think about what God said. Okay, so we're gonna take a little four-foot-tall, 98-pound woman. We're gonna put her and some others, some of her friends in front to sing. And they're gonna come down in front of these three armies. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Yeah, praise the Lord. Talk about disrespectful to them three armies. They see some women coming down and some singers. They hear some singers coming to face them in the battle. You're talking about mad. You're going to disrespect me. God's what I'm talking about. You're going, to respect, you're going to disrespect me like that, right? It's going to be on. Everybody's going to die now, right? <laughs> the Bible said, though, when they began to sing, so they march it and they sing it. Singing can be a sign of faith. The marching sure was toward the enemy. When they began to sing, the Bible said what? The Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. They were all killed. They killed each other. And it said not one was left. Thank you, Jesus. And it said then the children of Israel, because those guys, remember then, they didn't have banks and name's accounts and everything. You You carry your stuff, right? They had so much loot it took the entire nation of Israel three days to collect all of the loot. So what was God saying to Paul? And what did Paul respond Son, I know you've been through some stuff. What got you through the stuff was my grace and my grace will still get you through this stuff if you will believe it. Okay, you forgot for a while. See, we put these people like Paul and others up on pedestals like they weren't like us. The Bible says in Peter, for example, it said that, uh, talking about prayer, Peter was a man like passions like we are. In other words, they feel like us, act like us, sometimes get stupid, forget. Come on, do dumb stuff. Anybody here ever do dumb stuff since you've been saved? Sure. Okay? Do dumb stuff. Forget what God's done for you in the past. All of that. God says, the first thing, if you come to me, I'm going to have mercy to you. Okay? I'm going to treat you as though you never did nothing dumb. And the second thing, praise God, I'm going to give you power to help you when you need it. So even though you feel like this way maybe, he said, start believing again. You'll find power that brought you through. Because let me ask anybody here. Has God ever brought anybody through stuff in the past? If he brought you through in the past, he's going to bring you through right now. Through this, in the name of
0: Jesus. Well, if you enjoyed today's podcast, there's a couple things I'd love for you to do. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. We can also invest in helping us empower others to follow Jesus by texting any dollar amount to 512-520-0185. Thanks again for joining us today on the Faith for Life podcast.